Hi, friends, and welcome to the premiere episode of season four of Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. Hey, listen, before we dive into today's episode, which is a very special one to me because it highlights exactly what the theme of season four is all about, which is thriving alone. Yes, my friends, in this season, you're going to hear from so many people who at some point in their lives, and in some cases, for the majority of their lives, like my guest today, Amy Shineman, felt alone. And we're not going to dive into woe is me and woe are they for feeling so alone. And this is not a season about you are not alone. Maybe you are feeling alone. And when somebody tells you you are not alone, it feels like a little bit of an insult because it sure doesn't feel that way. My friends, this season is dedicated to you because when you do feel alone, it is a legitimate feeling. It is valid. And number two, you have the power and the opportunity to learn how to use those alone spaces to thrive. So I'm so pleased to have you here, both on YouTube, if you're watching on video for the first time, and on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to the show. I'm so thankful that you're here. Thank you so much for your listenership, which continues to make this show possible, reaching across six continents now. I'm so grateful for each of you and just for the words that you share with me of encouragement. You can email the show at Thriving Thoughts with Dr. Sherry. That's Sherry with an I at gmail.com. Also, my friends, I'd love to invite you to join me in my Thriving Thoughts texting community. It's a community that allows me to engage directly with you on a very personal, real level. You see, a lot of things get revealed to me throughout the week. I live a thriving life, meaning I learn from every experience I have, and I wanna share that learning with you. When you become a part of the Thriving Thoughts texting community, you become privy to those learning experiences that I have, and I share them with you. I share them with you three times a week. You get a shareable quote, on an image that you can share on social media or even forward to a friend. It's a less than a cup of coffee investment for you at $2.99 per month, which you can discontinue at any time. When you join the Thriving Thoughts texting community, yeah, you get this encouragement. Yes, you get these shareable images. Yes, you get the opportunity to live out what it looks like to have a thriving thought world, kind of like I'm your personal coach and you get to engage with me. So you can respond to me. Sometimes I actually ask you a question. So I'd love for you to be a part of that community. All you need to do is text the word THRIVE, that's T-H-R-I-V-E, to 540-369-2139. That's a United States number. Again, it's 540-369-2139. Text the word THRIVE. You'll be greeted with a message from me and instructions about how to sign up through Stripe. So thank you in advance for being a part of that community and for sharing that community with other friends. Without further ado, friends, let's go ahead and dive into episode 80, which is the first episode of season four of the Thriving Thoughts podcast. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. I'm super excited because this is season four, and you are seeing this video as it's recorded 
live. Well, actually, you're not seeing it live. You're catching a replay of it. But there's probably going to be very minimal editing on my end since I'm not a videographer. But I am super excited to have this feature, and I'm so thankful to my guest, Amy Shineman, today, who has agreed to come on the show with my really short learning <laughs> curve here with this new platform. And so I'm just really grateful to you, Amy. Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, too. Where are you? Uh, where am I seeing you from today? Where do you live? So I live in Noblesville, Indiana. Noblesville. Now yeah, that sounds just, really familiar. It's a little bit north of Indianapolis, about 30 minutes or so. Okay. Hmm. I know I visited out there once. It's probably been like four years, actually, with my ex because he grew up out there. Okay. And so we went out for his like high school reunion and we ended up going to some, there was like a casino boat somewhere. Uh, Evansville is Evansville, that? yeah, Evansville, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So I don't know if that's how, how far is that from you. Uh, that's probably about uh, two and a half, three hours. Okay, so that's yeah. not okay. See, not real close. Here's yeah. the problem with telling people where you're from. Like you're like Indiana, and you're like, oh, I went to this little tiny <laughs> podunk town, right? Right. That must be near you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you been uh, born and raised in Indiana your whole life, Amy? Yeah. I um, was born here and went to school here and um, went to college in Indiana. And then the only time I haven't lived in Indiana is when I lived in Memphis, Tennessee for five okay. years after college. So, Okay. Well, that's a, that's a substantial amount of time. Yeah. yeah so you're great. back home, you're around your roots, and that's probably a good thing uh, mm -hmm. from what we are going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. And so for the listeners and the viewers in this case, because it's no longer just listeners, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the season four of the podcast, the theme is Thriving Alone. And uh, when Amy, you and I got connected through a mutual friend, and I'm so grateful for that. I tell everyone all the time that this podcast has been so successful just because of the organic connections that right. I've made through people. And um, it's just been a real blessing. But anyway, thriving alone. So it's not necessarily about thriving uh, physically alone, right? Or thriving um, without relationship. It's thriving alone in an experience where you literally feel alone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really honored to be able to talk with you about your experience today. And so I just want to dive in, okay. if that's all right with you, yep. and ask you, Amy, what is the situation or experience that you've had where you learned to thrive even though you were feeling alone? Yeah. So, um, well, I think probably my first memory of when I uh, feel like I started thriving alone was in uh, nursery school. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I live with muscular dystrophy. Okay. And um, however, there's going to be like two different parts to my story. One is okay. pre-diagnosis, and one uh -huh. is post-diagnosis. Uh -huh. um, I'm 46 years old, mm -hmm. and I wasn't diagnosed till I was 44 years old. So uh, the pre-diagnosis part of the story is by far the longest part of the story. The longest, yeah. 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 
And um, it's not, I wasn't not, I just was undiagnosed. I was, I still, I was born with this um, disease and it just, they didn't figure it out till I was 44. But um, mm. so back to the, your question, I, yeah. that's, that's just the first vivid memory that I have of thriving alone. We were playing a game called Duck, Duck, Goose, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you've heard of. Um, and, you know, we were all sitting in the circle and people were taking their turn. And then somebody that was um, tapping tapped me. And it, I, it was hard for me to get up. And then you have to chase the person. Yeah, sure. And a light bulb went off at that moment to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not like anybody else in here. Mm. Like it was like That until- was your first realization of that, Amy. That was my first vivid memory of that, yeah. And how yeah. old were you? You said nurture, nursery school. You, I mean, yeah, we're talking so, like f- three, four years old? Yeah, yeah, probably wow. four, yeah, yeah. So, and I thought, I'm in this alone. And, mm. um, and you know, especially being undiagnosed and when you, you have mm-hmm. this thing that affects every, every part of your being every yeah. day from the time you get up till the time you go to bed. And you don't know what it is. And um, that's that's a hard space to live in. And it's a very mm-hmm. uncertain. Um, and you don't really ever get used to not knowing. I mean, yeah. it, it just um, so you can imagine when I when I was diagnosed that I um, my life changed dramatically. Yeah. So. So. Okay, I want. I've got a lot of questions for you because sure. <laughs> this is like a big um, what I consider a gift that you're giving us to unwrap by sharing your story by being vulnerable with us, Amy. So one, I'm grateful for that too. Uh, for those of us like me who know like enough to be dangerous about <laughs> muscular dystrophy, sure. And those who have ne- who have heard of it but don't really know what it means. Can you share with us what it is and are there variations? Are there, um, you know, like, for example, I have a niece who uh, is diagnosed with Down syndrome and there is a spectrum Mm -hmm. of uh, functioning, so to speak. So if you can share with us what it is and if there's a spectrum, what is it and where do you think you fall on that? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, Yeah, there are lots of different types of muscular dystrophy. Um, I can't, I couldn't rattle the number off the top of my head. Um, I have a type of muscular dystrophy called Bethlehem myopathy. And it's uh, more... Bethlehem, like Bethlehem Mm -hmm. the city? Not Bethlehem. (laughs) Bethlehem. 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 B-E-T-H-L-E-M. Yeah. Okay. Bethlehem myopathy. So, okay. Um, I'm just taking and, some notes here, by the way. Oh, sure. 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 Um, and, and just personally speaking, what that means for me is mm-hmm. that it causes weak muscles all over my body. Um, okay. And it is a slowly progressive disease. Um and most of the worst part of my weakness is in my legs, even though I do have it all over my body. Okay. Um, so but, imagine trying to pop up when somebody taps you on the head with yeah, goose. Yeah. And I can't run. I've never been able to run or jump or anything like that. So mm-hmm. um, my my disability, my type, um, I walk with a really significant limp. Um, so you definitely, if you saw me, 
walking, mm-hmm. you would know that I have a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and know, now I'm, you said it's progressive. Mm-hmm. Slowly progressive, yeah. So it, you're 46 now. Mm-hmm. So are you able to, uh, do you have a, a distinguishable difference in level of functioning from when you were younger to now that you notice? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. I am. Um, I, you know, I was very active growing up and, and I did what mm-hmm. I could. I, mm-hmm. I rode my bike. I swam. My parents had me in swimming a lot because that was an exercise that I could do. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm lucky I'm able to walk. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. that live with muscular dystrophy that, yeah. um, you know, I, I consider myself really lucky and fortunate. And um, You know, I just got a comment on that because... <laughs> I, well, there's two things that come to mind. One, there's um, a celebration and the other is a caution. Mm -hmm. And you can probably share your, your experience with this. But the celebration is the fact that so many people that I speak to with any type of disability have a profoundly higher level of gratitude than people without an identifiable disability. I think mm-hmm. we all have a disability to some degree, whether that's emotional mm-hmm. or, you know, sure. relational, whatever it is. Right. Um, but, I, I, but I find that, and you're certainly no exception. You just <laughs> said, I, you know, count myself lucky. I count myself lucky, like, you know, my legs are weak. <laughs> I have this progressively worsening disease, and right. um, I spent most of my life not knowing what it was. So. What, that's the celebratory piece that I just love. So maybe you can speak to that too about if that's something that you feel like was part, has always been part of your spirit, this ability to kind of redirect and uh, towards gratitude. So that's first, that's part one. I know okay. this is what I do, Amy. I like, <laughs> I like land these loaded questions on you and just hope yeah. for the best. Just remind me if I forget to answer I will. any part of it. <laughs> I will. And then the second is more cautionary. And that is that I think that we as people tend to have uh, a, a need, almost a compulsion, to compare ourselves, to compare our situations mm-hmm. to one another's. Yes. And I don't believe that they're comparable. Mm-hmm. So like me comparing myself to you, I don't have muscular dystrophy. You do. It's, inc- it's an incomparable, it's an impossible comparison mm. because our experiences are different. And I think that sometimes what we do is, is say that, well, this person has it worse off or better off than right. we do when right. we're really comparing not even apples and oranges. We're like comparing apples and monkeys. Like, you know, like, it's just a totally different world. And so the caution is um, how comparison can take its toll then on our identity, on our worth, on our value. So Mm -hmm. those are the two things, the celebration of the fact that you have this uh, seemingly innate gift of gratitude and and, and an ability to redirect that, uh, what could be grieving towards gratitude. And Mm -hmm. then this caution of how do I not compare myself to others? So mm-hmm. either of those that you want to touch on. Sure. Um, no, I have not always been. Um, I mean, I think I have always made the most of my situation the best mm-hmm. I could. Um, the living in gratitude is fairly mm-hmm. new for me. I think okay. when I 
when I was diagnosed, um, finally, I was able to kind of flip the script and um, I didn't have to live in that area. I mean, I was constantly trying to, to figure it out, going to doctors, researching on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, constantly, that took up ton of my ton of my headspace. And yeah. um, when I finally had a name and a focus for my disability, mm-hmm. and I could say, um, instead of when people ask me, oh, you know, a lot of, two of the questions I get, why do you walk like that? What's wrong with you? So le- who, who asks you those questions? Oh, strangers or, um, you know, growing up as a kid, kids are, they ask, you know, they kids say don't things. Have that <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, I heard that a lot. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Like um, from other kids growing up, yeah, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they didn't mean any, they just meant. Why are you different than me? But take us back there, Amy. Take us back to that time because a lot of what happens to us, you know, our um, our identities are formulated both by our innate um, proclivities or tendencies that we're born with, our our personalities, if you will, and and that's paired then with our experiences in life and our interpretation of those experiences, which are also informed by our tendencies. Mm -hmm. So for you, what kind of impact did that have on you um, emotionally with regard to your worth, regard to your value of yourself and relationally? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it did, you know, it probably took more of a toll on me that like, um, that I didn't realize because I did have, um, and I still, to be quite honest, struggle with um, Mm self-confidence and, um, and feeling, you know, worthy, like a lot of us do. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think I've come a long way in that and Mm -hmm. that has come with, you know, the gratitude and accepting Mm -hmm. where I'm at. Um, how I was really fortunate growing up in school that I had, um, such a large amount of people that accepted me and, I had an awesome group of friends, um, mm. all, all able-bodied. I did not have any friends. Um, I didn't really know anybody that had a disability, so that part felt really lonely. I mean, I felt... Yeah, I, can, you know, I cannot imagine. Did you? Mm-hmm. I mean, surely, even though it may not be something you want to dwell on, surely you had periods of in that aloneness in that utter aloneness when you're looking around for somebody who's like you mm-hmm. um, and you find no one. Yeah. Um, did you have moments of feeling sorry for yourself? Oh my gosh. That's yes. I lived in that space for a long time mm-hmm. and um, I've battled depression and mm-hmm. um, you know, there were honestly times that I wanted to take my own life and, mm thought strongly about it. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that really did just stem from just that profound loneliness and not feeling like you fit in anywhere. Um, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. The sense of belonging. Um, that's one thing that just psychologically speaking, um, every person needs mm-hmm. is a sense of belonging yeah. and because then the aloneness, even though you might feel alone, the aloneness isn't so great. Like I'm sure that having part of that, uh, belonging 
to not belonging to a diagnosis, but belonging to uh, something that makes sense. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That that alleviates some of that aloneness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And when I, you know, when I did finally get that diagnosis of muscular dystrophy, I celebrated. I mean, I just, I felt alive and I just was like... Mm a new person. And I wasn't happy that I had muscular dystrophy. I was happy that, (laughs) um, (laughs) that I finally wasn't alone and I fit in, in you know, in a group of of people that were similar to me and I've been able to connect with, and it's just been, like I said, just life changing. And, um, and, you know, I'm not living in that state of feeling like why mm-hmm. me why me why me i'm like mm-hmm. why not me god use me um i'd lo- love you that want. you just said that <laughs> so i did a podcast episode for season three with my friend d burgoyne who was born mm-hmm. with one arm or mm-hmm. one hand mm-hmm. one hand and um she said that early on that was one of the biggest shifts that she made was instead of asking why me asking why not me yeah yeah absolutely i mean why not why not me why not um me who has this connection with um with god that that has grown Mm -hmm. and he's he's been shaping me all those years of being undiagnosed i that was for a reason and yeah he was he was shaping me to appreciate um yeah my disability if you will and being challenged and yeah. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I get the most, um, I, I get the most out of watching others live their life that are struggling more than me and, mm. um, watching what people overcome despite yeah. their, their challenges. And, yeah. um, that to me is just, that's everything. And that gives me the most motivation to mm. um, live my best life. Yeah. And, um, and I'm sure you are now, um, if not having beforehand throughout your life, been an example of the same caliber to others. I, I think so. I mean, I think yeah. that sometimes I can't believe what people will say to me and I don't feel even worthy of Mm. things that people say that um how i've been a pivotal person in their life and um and you know that i just i totally you know my faith is strong and i just Mm -hmm. i think that is god using me yeah and to help others yeah well, let me, I want to, I want to go back to something that you said, um, shape, you said the phrase you used was that you believe that God was shaping you. Mm-hmm. And, um, so thriving, the way that thriving is defined, not just by me, but by Miriam Webster, by Google, <laughs> whoever is to grow, to flourish, to prosper. Mm-hmm. And what we know just by looking at nature, we know that things grow and flourish and prosper in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. Like we don't always grow, flourish and prosper when conditions are perfect. Right. Right. Exactly. And so my question for you, if you could share with us, Amy, is 
what did you, you know, in the, in the 44 years, and we'll, we'll talk about post-diagnosis as well, but in the 44 years, pre-diagnosis, I feel like it's like the Israelites wandering for 40 <laughs> years in the wilderness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, gosh, you finally get to the landing place, but, um, yeah. But during that time, the Israelites, they certainly learned a lot, right? I am sure that you learned a lot that helped you to grow as a person, to grow as a woman. Um, Can you share with us some of the learning and growth experiences that you had that were birthed from those 44 years of adversity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I grew up going to church with my mom and my sister and Um, so, you know, God was always a part of my life, but, Mm um, I learned that, um, that God wants to use our story and Mm -hmm. he, like I said, was shaping me and, um, and molding me. And Mm -hmm. I think that was learned by, um, I think the the fact that I, that all my friends were able-bodied was, um, of course, I was always comparing myself, but yeah. um, they taught me a lot about accept, you know, acceptance, and I didn't mm. even accept myself. And while um, others were accepting you, yes, they were totally mm. accepting me, and they didn't see me a lot of time. I, I hear this a lot, and um, I hear when I see you, I don't see your disability. Um, Do you believe that when people tell you that, Amy? Absolutely not. No, yeah. I don't. And in a way it, it's, I've had this conversation with my mom a lot because she, she says, you know, she says they mean it as a, a compliment. That's not what comes across. But in my mind, it's like, that just blows my mind. How are they not seeing that? That's such a huge part of me. Like, um, for you, for me, not yeah. for them. Right. Um, and you know, they would never think about it this way, but I do. And I think about my friends and then also my husband I met in high school. And I think, um, not everybody would befriend somebody that was disabled. I mean, that's just, that's True. just the truth. And, well, um, I think a lot of times, Amy, I, I, I would say that one of my observations has been is that, um, man, we're just like, <laughs> as a human, you know, race, as humans, we, when we don't know what to do with something, mm-hmm. we just go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause we just feel like, I don't know what to do with that. Right. So I'm just going to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's true. And you know, it, and a lot of people you know, I get a lot of different looks and, and when I'm out in public. Some are yeah. like, um, poor. <laughs> I mean, I've seen that look. I know it's hard to really, to, I mean, just the, but it's just because they don't understand. Um, but I also get a lot of warm smiles and, yeah. um, you know, people offering to take my shopping cart or just yeah. small gestures like that, that yeah. make me feel accepted. Um, I want, okay, so acceptance, that's one thing you're learning. Let me ask you this, um, because it's hard for women in general to accept help. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, you know, because we're like the great jugglers, you right. know, who right. um, want to keep everything going. And uh, it's humbling mm-hmm. to ask for, and it's humbling to accept when it's offered. 
And so when people would offer to do things like that for you, to Mm -hmm. take your shopping bags or to open a door for you, or Mm -hmm. um, what's been your growth journey on receiving that? Yeah. Um, You know, I think when you're, when you're growing up and you're a teenager and, and you've got this chip on your shoulder and you, you know, I tried so hard to like, just act like this disability didn't exist. And, um, of course that never went away. And I, I still, am a very, very independent person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that I kind of, in a way use that, um, as a control mechanism almost, mm-hmm. um, that gives me a sense of control that I, um, am independent and I think yeah. it's important, but I also do think it's really important to accept help. And mm-hmm. I have had to do that more and more. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's help from my scooter that I had to get to go long distances mm-hmm. that I, you know, or help from my husband is, um, an amazing person and helps me daily. Um, mm-hmm. My parents, my sister, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have mm-hmm. so many offering to help me. And yeah. I'm, lear- I'm learning to accept that um, yeah. more. Um, sometimes I think that accepting um, help can feel to me like failure. Um, mm. And I, I need to, I'm working on, you know, changing that too, because I know that's not true. Um, Well, yeah, certainly. And just, you know, going back to your faith, I mean, mm -hmm. we wouldn't need our faith if we didn't need help. Right. Exactly. That's (laughs) exactly right. So this is like an opportunity for you to live Mm -hmm. that belief out loud, right? In your daily life. So two things that I hear you learning, all based in acceptance, which I think is really, um, exceptional and just a challenging lesson for any of us, but acceptance of yourself and acceptance of the help being offered to you. Now, I want to go back to that thing that you said again about you felt like God was shaping you because that's, I always say that the tool that's on the workbench being squeezed in the vice and being Mm -hmm. chiseled away at, Mm -hmm. it's there because it matters, Mm -hmm. right? If it was beyond restoration, if it was beyond use, it wouldn't Mm -hmm. even make its way to the workbench. Right. 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 So, but that's not how it feels when you're being squeezed (laughs) in the place. You're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel so valuable. So I want to ask you if you'd be um, just as candid Mm -hmm. as you'd like to be. Um, But when we are being shaped, things are being chiseled away things that don't serve us well, whether that's uh, beliefs that we have or habits that we have or relationships or whatever it is. So I wonder if you um, could pinpoint some things or maybe even just one thing that you feel like as God was shaping you during this time and is still, certainly that's not stopped. um, What do you feel like has been chiseled away? Um insecurity for sure Mm. um Mm. just you know that's a huge one for me and you know I I was extremely insecure especially like um you know like I said I met my husband in high school and I I couldn't Mm -hmm. get over like 
the fact that um, why would he choose me? And there's all these other, you know, like, is there an ulterior motive there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's all these, you know, beautiful girls that mm. don't have mm. a disability that, yeah. um, that he could have chosen. And that really for us and our young relationship was, it was hard because I struggled with that greatly. So mm. I think, um, certainly, the insecurities have been chiseled away. Um, mm-hmm. And not that I'm, you know, the most confident person because I'm, I'm not, but I'm definitely have come a long way. Yeah. Um, and I think that is because I'm living, um, I'm more aware of that I'm living in God's image of me and mm. I'm, I'm, I'm living through him. Yeah. Uh, and he, I mean, he's living through me and shining his light. Um, yeah. And that's become my, you know, my purpose now. And mm-hmm. because I think that's where I'm supposed to be. So, so tell us more about your purpose. Mm-hmm. What's your purpose now? I think my purpose is, um, you know, when I went to, to college and what I wanted to do, you know, at, was to help people mm-hmm. and to me that looked like um going to school to be a social worker and, okay um you know, i i worked in social services for about 16 years with adults and kids that had disabilities and um i did that until about 2013 mm-hmm. um and then I kind of, I took a break and I, I had had to have a surgery and, um, I did a lot of home visiting with these jobs and it was getting to the point where I was, um, crawling up people's stairs because people don't have handrails and whatever. Mm. Um, so talk about, you know, meeting somebody for the first time and you're, <laughs> you're and, like, oh, oh, hi. <laughs> hi, here, I'm down here. <laughs> here I am. Most, most people were, were really nice about that, but, um, I just, I feel like, you know, I did help a lot of people. And mm. so in this time that I've had, um, not working and staying home and re- I have two boys. Um, okay. Thir- How old are they? 13 and 17. Okay. Um, and I've just been able to, um, I needed, I needed some time to, mm-hmm. uh, give myself a break. And, um, that's hard to admit to, um, but I think it was, it was an important time for me to regroup and Mm -hmm. and to grow. And luckily Mm -hmm. I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just, I feel like my purpose is to continue to help others, um, Mm -hmm. which I've started. I, I got involved with the muscular dystrophy association pretty much as soon as I was diagnosed. Um, this is a great segue. I was going to ask you next, Amy, tell us a little bit about um, what you've been learning about yourself and what kind of freedoms, uh, new things you've been discovering about yourself post-diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I've learned that um, I have a, just a, an immense passion for helping others mm-hmm. um, that are going through starting out on the journey of muscular dystrophy um, and that could be parents that Mm -hmm. have just been gotten a child that's newly diagnosed or um, 
I'm just really passionate about sharing my life story mm. to use that to help others. And mm -hmm. I've started doing that on social media more. Um, I was chosen right here on this podcast, right here on this podcast. Um, I was, I, after I got involved with NDA, I was chosen to be the Indiana state ambassador for 2020, okay. um, wow. which, which I was super excited about. And just, um, I was ready that I was going to, um, you know, be doing some public speaking and sharing mm -hmm. my story around and around my state and, mm -hmm. and trying to raise funds for the muscular dystrophy association. But, um, of course, COVID came and all that. Yeah. So did any of that turn virtual? Um, a little bit turned virtual, but, um, mostly I decided, um, after I got over the disappointment, I'm like, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take this into my own hands. I'm going to continue to help, through, you know, I don't have this huge platform or huge following. Yeah. Um, I don't think that you need to have that to reach the people that you're supposed Say to Say that, Amy. Say yeah. that. I love that you just said that. Yes yeah. and amen. Yeah. Because, you know, I could have sat around and thought, well, I'll just wait till you know, maybe I'll have a larger audience. Or mm, you mm. really only need an audience of one. I mean, you just need yes. to, to reach that one person that needs yeah. to hear um yeah, you know what you have to say, um, and so that's that's where I'm at right now. And um, I have done, you know, I've done some work with Muscular Dystrophy Association throughout the year, a few things. Um, okay. So I'm still connected with them, and hope that when things get going again, that um, yeah. you know I'll be able to help in that way too. But I've, you know, I've had parents message me and say oh my gosh I can't believe I found your story mm. I, ha I had no hope now I've seen you and what you've done with your life and I mean that's to me what it's all about and like I yeah. said before that's where that's how I get motivation to to live well too and I, I yeah. love that I'm able to use my story to help others too yeah so. Well, and it's taking what you've learned about yourself, accepting yourself and exemplifying mm -hmm. it in the work that you do in literally pulling yourself up the stairs, crawling, because that's how much you accept somebody else and that's how much they matter. Mm -hmm. um, so I just love how your work mirrors your own personal growth yeah. and your own personal discoveries. Um, I did want to ask you, was there ever a time... Well, I'm sure there was a time, but my question is, was there an identifiable time, something that sticks out in your mind as the catalyst of going from a mindset that wanted to get rid of this and didn't want to have this problem to a mindset of, okay, I have this, now how can I use this? How can I work with this? How can I thrive alone in this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely when I was diagnosed, that was just... A just okay. totally just flipped, flipped yeah. everything, you know, the right mm. side up, you know, I feel like, yeah. you know, when I was being shaped and molded, I was kind of flipped upside down and it mm -hmm. just, if you, you know, it just, it was, it was like a light switch, you know, just, yeah, somebody turned it on and, and, you know, not, I'm not saying by any means I'm, we're always growing, we're always learning, um, and I, you know, well, I like, hopefully, yeah, hopefully <laughs> that's my, hopefully that's my we goal. don't stop doing that. 
Right. But, you know, I I don't ever want to come across as, oh, I've, I've always had this figured out, and I've always been this happy, right. positive person that that was just always grateful that I had, was living with a disability. And, you know, what? I'm you know? so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I think you do have to grieve, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, and and that's important to, to be able to, to grieve what maybe you thought, um, yeah. you know. Or, well, you know, and hopes and expectations and dreams for your life that have to look different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the yeah. face of a, of a disability or any major event in your life that mm-hmm. shakes things up, that turns them upside down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, I, I'm mentoring this, this young lady that lives with cerebral palsy and mm. she's, um, I think, I believe she's 18 or so. Um, and her big struggle is, um, except it right now is the, the whole acceptance piece mm-hmm. and, you know, what I said to her is to try to, to help her that is something that's only come with age and, and just the the growth is that, um, no, you're never going to be like your able-bodied siblings or, um, but just like, it's not their fault that, um, that you have a disability, you know, you're privileged because you get to see the world from your perspective mm-hmm. um, and that's not somebody something everybody gets and it, you see things in a totally different way and um yeah and just I hope that she can that she can get there too and um, yeah. just see the beauty in what she has to offer because it, it doesn't look like what everybody else has to offer and that's what yeah that's what makes the world work is that we that's don't right. all have the same things to offer that's so. 100% true. So Amy, what does the future look like for you? And you, you've got this diagnosis, you two, two things in terms of your future. Um, you, you have an answer. So then that would mm-hmm. suggest to me that you also have potentially some hopeful courses of treatment or intervention. So that's part one. And then part two is what is what does the future look like for you going forward with your desire to help people? To, to cultivate this acceptance of themselves, to cultivate the value of themselves in the face of something that's potentially a lifelong trauma? Mm-hmm. Um, well, going forward for me, I mean, um, as far as, as muscular dystrophy, you know, that's that's what MDA is fighting so hard for is to get, re- they're doing a lot of research. There's a lot of um, strides that have been made towards um, treatments and hopefully someday a cure. Um, right now, they're for, in that aspect, I, I don't have any, there's no medicine I take. Or, okay. Um, but I will say that I, I decided, and this has nothing to do with um, MDA or any of their treatments, but I decided to do a stem cell therapy um, that I did on December 8th. So three weeks in. So is that Um, like an injection or? So just, um, they, they harvest stem cells from your own fat, the type of treatment that I did. 
Okay. Um, and that's, it's all a one, one day thing. They, um, and then they process that and I got an IV injection. Um, okay. To kind of, you know, they can do it in different ways, but that's mm-hmm. since, you know, my disability is all over, that's how they decided to do it. Okay. But, um, so that's, and are you I'm, reaping uh, benefits from that? Yeah, I mean, they say it can take two to three months to know, you know, for sure. But um, that's one thing that I've been posting on my social media, showing okay. um, even side by side comparisons. I'm, I'm able to stand up out of a seated position with a lot more ease. Um, I'm able to mm. walk upstairs with less effort. Um, yeah. Small things, small victories like that are yeah. huge for me. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's not a cure, this treatment. You know, mm-hmm. they've definitely told me that. But it could, you know, it gives me hope. It gives me a lot of yeah. hope. And I believe that God can heal me if mm-hmm. he chooses to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, then I'm ready to, you know, yeah. share that. With everybody, and if that's not the case, if it, if yeah. I if I don't receive healing, um, I'm happy to share my journey still, yes, and, and be grateful for that. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's like um, the Apostle Paul said, "I've learned to live with or live without, mm-hmm. and be content in both." Yeah, right. So. That's the, I love that because um, that's been a total switch for me. Is that um, if I'm going to find true joy in life, I have to be content with uh, healing or not healing. And, um, and and true joy is, you know, obviously it's separate from circumstance. It's just a, an, a, a feeling that you can have despite your circumstances. Mm-hmm. What does your work look like going forward? Like, Somebody's listening mm-hmm. and they're going, I really mm-hmm. want to reach out to her, but I don't want to bother her or like what, how are you sharing your story? What does that look like? What, what kind of things, um, can you offer to people? Is it, Hey, come check me out on the gram, follow my story there and what I'm doing. Um, is it, I have this, uh, you know, other idea of opening up a whole mentoring program. Like, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that for somebody that's listening and what you would call them to do right now in terms of you offering your help that you uh, so graciously want to offer? Um, yeah. So, I mean, right now, I think the best way to reach me would be, you know, through my social media, Facebook or Instagram. Um, and those are? We'll put them um, in the show notes, but you can say them. Okay. Instagram is at a Shenaman. Okay. A A S H I N N E M A N. And then Facebook is Amy Lawless Shenaman. Okay. That's L A W L E S S, and then Shenaman again. Okay. Perfect. Um, but you know, I, I'm happy to connect with people as much as I can. And mm-hmm. I, like I said before, I've already had, I've talked with a lot of families. Um, a lot, a lot of parents have reached out to me and, um, and we've chatted and, and I enjoy that. Um, I would like to, you know, I have a lot of ideas for the future. Um, 
just my big goal is just to help as many people as I can to reach as many people to so that they're not um, feeling alone Mm -hmm. and and so that they can meet you know that person just like me you know like I always wanted to meet somebody just like me yeah um so that's that's a goal and I don't know what the future holds totally I, I know that um, I appreciate experiences like this yeah. um, that you're giving me to, to help me get my story out there so yeah. that I can reach more people. Um, but like I said, if I don't need a big, huge following to yeah. do that. That's so. right. That's right. And I love, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about um, being alone and having the experience of being alone like you've had um, it, for so many years. It's it's an honor because it provides us with the gift of empathy for others yeah. who are also feeling alone and wanting to reach out so that mm-hmm. they don't have to feel so alone. Yeah. So thank you for um, going through the alone space and for choosing to thrive through it and grow through it so that you can serve other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I mean, this has just been awesome to be able to to chat with you and yeah so before we story. end the show <laughs> amy i mm-hmm. ask every guest to leave people listening with one thing that you don't want them to forget when the show ends one truth i always say that if we can learn to speak truth over the lies in our minds then we can truly learn to thrive in any and every circumstance especially being alone so what's the truth you'd like to leave with the listeners and the viewers today um, that you're never truly alone. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you always have God with you mm-hmm. and, and even if it feels like you're the only person on the face of the earth mm-hmm. the, with your situation, you're not, um, yeah. you can take comfort in knowing that there are others that are, that are struggling through the same things as you. So, yeah. um, take comfort in that and know that you're never, you're not truly alone. And yeah. Be sure to follow Amy's story. She's posting some incredible videos on her Instagram account that are just so humble and beautiful of her and her improving movement as she's going through some stem cell treatment. So do check it out. I know you'll be inspired. If you're feeling alone and you want to learn how to thrive, hers is a story that you want to be sure to follow. Be sure to tune in Thursday of this week for a solo episode from me. That's right, on season four, We're going to be publishing an episode that's an interview, like the one you just heard with Amy, every Monday. And then every Thursday, you will hear a solo 10 to 15 minute episode of Thriving Thoughts Encouragement from yours truly. And I can't wait to see you there on Thursday. In the meanwhile, will you do me a favor, please? Help this message get in front of the people who need to hear it. It's a really simple thing that you can do if you're an Apple Podcasts user. You can just click on the show and scroll down and simply click five stars. Five star ratings. Get this show in front of other people who need to know that even if they're feeling alone, they too can choose to thrive in any and every circumstance. Please remember to sign up for my Thriving Thoughts Text community. I'd love to have you as part of that. All you need to do is text the word THRIVE, T-H-R-I-V-E, 540-369-2139. All right, my friends, until Thursday, remember to speak truth over the lies, and you too will thrive.